Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Friday, April 21st. It's seven minutes after nine, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, on this rainy Friday, we start off with more dreary news. Two Indianapolis police officers were shot. They are in stable condition. Their wounds are not life-threatening. But yet here we are. It's being reported that 12 people were shot in the past 24 hours in the capital city. Yeah, violence in the city remains absolutely, completely uh, out of control. And once again, the precipice of all of this is that you have a city leadership in terms of the mayor, and we're going to play him in just a moment, um, and the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, who for years now have told criminals that Indianapolis is open for business. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you go, and it goes back well before the riots of 2020. I mean, that was like on a national stage where they just literally, I mean, no, in fairness, no one knows where the mayor was during the riots of 2020 because he didn't give the orders. Nobody, there's never been a member of the media who has asked Joe Hogg said, where were you? I mean, he was not, I mean, everybody knows he was not in control. He was not in command. It was a, uh, staffer who gave the order to quote let them march we all know that that destroyed the city but let's not even talk about that we go back well before that i believe it was the aaron bailey uh shooting officer shooting in which not only through criminal charges but also the merit board the police officers were cleared by a prosecutor who said they acted lawfully they acted within the purview of their profession and then the merit board who looked at it and said yes absolutely these officers thankfully which something we should have all been excited about and Joe Hogsett rushes out and condemns the merit board and says, I'm going to make changes to the merit board. This is well before, this is the entire tenor, tenure of Joe Hogsett being the mayor of Indianapolis dating back to 2016, which is bad guys are told repeatedly that if you commit a crime in Indianapolis, A, there's a good chance you won't even be caught, and B, if you are, there's a good chance you won't do any lengthy time in jail. And C, there's also an outside chance we'll just condemn the police if you have an altercation involving the police. This this stuff is set up and enabled by Joe Hogsett and Ryan Mears. I was going to ask you, how much weight do you put on Joe Hogsett and how much weight do you put on Ryan Mears' shoulders? They're both. It's both of them. And it's the justice system as a collective. It's the bail system, which the state of Indiana... Is trying to step in and at least create some sort of sanity there. I don't know if it's working or will work, but it's a collective. It's a circular firing squad. You remember, you know, Abdul, uh, before he ran for mayor, did a deep dive on this last year, and what we realized was, and I don't know if you were here then when when Abdul did this, but he but he did a really nice job of in doing investigative reporting. And basically what happened is you got the mayor's office, you got the prosecutor's office, and the judges, and they're all pointing fingers at each other. No, it's their fault. No, it's their fault. No, it's their fault. It's all of your fault. It's everybody's fault. These guys just don't waltz out of the jail. Somebody allows them to go. 
and it's likely a little bit of everyone's fault, but nobody's raising their hand going, you know what? I play a big role in this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit my part in this, and I'm going to fix my part in this. And everybody just was pointing fingers at each other. And what you see in this city on a daily basis is that criminals know they control the narrative. They can get away with it. So this is a hot potato that nobody wants to hold on to. It's a crisis of accountability. We're having a crisis of mental health. And we're having a crisis of spiritual health as well. Yeah. So Rick Snyder, the the president of the NDFOP, a longtime friend of this radio station, is going to join us at 930 to talk about this. But uh, for now, here is the mayor of the city of Indianapolis. I may not have the ability to shut off the faucet of guns that pour into Indianapolis. But I'll be damned if we aren't going to do everything we can to identify, to arrest, and to punish those participating in this illicit marketplace of death. Oh, now. Now you're going to do something about it. He'll be damned. And nice branding of your city. Illicit marketplace of death. You're the mayor. Right. You are in the position to do something. You know, you, let's go to the riots then. Let's, let's uh, you know, obviously, again, as we laid out, this started long before that. But let's go to the riots. What happened? You played grab ass with a bunch of these people and basically told them it was okay and that we as law-abiding citizens deserved what we were getting for I don't know what, I don't know what I deserved or the business owners downtown or whatever. And your response to that was, we'll paint Indiana Avenue. That'll show them. We'll paint Indiana Avenue. Uh, the guy, let's go back to the guy who was on tape, Casey, the Antifa guy, who was on videotape, not pictures. There's no way to misinterpret it. The Antifa guy who pulled the loaded firearm on the law-abiding, peaceful motorist driving down the street under the interstate. Okay, I'll go around you. Tries to go around. They sprint to block the motors from going around, point the loaded weapon again at the guy, and he is forced to back up in reverse and go backwards away from these people. Everybody knows who that guy is. He was quickly identified, his name, where he's at, his location. Everybody knows who it is. What's happened to that guy? He's never been prosecuted. He's never been charged. Ryan Mears, Joe Hawks, that they know who he is. The lunatics run the asylum here. Hmm. The crazy evil, awful people are in charge of the city of Indianapolis. Joe Hawk said it is like some weird Batman movie with the Joker or Bane or whatever where Joe Hawk said just handed the keys over and said, good luck. Yeah. We're going to have a real interesting conversation with Rick Snyder coming up. But let's talk about the gas prices. The Indiana <laughs> Department of Revenue announced that the applied 7% tax on gas purchases, it's going up. 20.3 cents per gallon next month. Okay, so they, we have two taxes on gas mm-hmm. now, which is weird because we are we have super majorities that are run by the party that espouses to be the party of low taxes and limited government. And uh, that is wild because we have not one, we have such a lust for taxes in this state, the Republicans, have such a fetish of taking as much of your money as possible that there is not one but two taxes on gas. There is the gas tax. They have a special tax for the gas tax, 
which is the one that goes up every year, the lar which was the largest tax increase in state history in 2017 and then goes up every year without discussion. And now thanks to Mike Kreider and the Republicans, they're about to raise that tax again because it was set to expire. And they said, oh, oh, no, we can't have that. So that goes up every year. Then there's a sales tax on gas, like you pay a sales tax on everything else. And because of the price of gas rising... Well, the sales tax on gas is rising as well because that is a fixed 7%. So now, Casey, when you cobble it all together, every gallon of gasoline you buy mm -hmm. will be 53.3 cents effective in May. And then it'll go up again automatically in July because that's the gas tax will go up as well. Okay, so every time you pull into that gas station and you fill up your car... On average, $2.40 is just straight to taxes. That is for the average Hoosier. And here mm -hmm. is the bizarro world that we live in, Casey. Remember, the Republicans espoused to be the party of low taxes and limited government. Yet, of course, we have record government and record government cost every single budget under Republicans. Here is the tweet from the Democrats, the Indiana House Democrats, We've been calling on Republicans to suspend the gas tax since last summer to give Hoosiers much-needed economic relief. They refuse, and now the gas tax is set to go up again. The average Hoosier will now pay $2.40 to fill up their tank. Yeah. The third, the third consecutive month, it's gone up. The Democrats <laughs> are now the party of low taxes in the state of Indiana. The Republicans have given up any facade or pretending that they care about low taxes or limited government at all and it is and i come back to it it is a shame that the democrats are complete psychopaths on things like wanting to teach little kids sex in kindergarten or thinking that men should be able to play women's sports or in the case of the local level joe hogg said getting a handle on crime right because they're much better than the republicans on taxes now but the average person just looks at the democrats and goes well, I guess I'd rather pay more in taxes than let my kindergartner be taught sex. Yeah. So both parties, once again, completely failing Hoosiers. If the Democrats could, Casey, if the Democrats could just be normal people, <laughs> like just be normal. Don't let men play women's sports. Yeah. Don't let little kids be taught sex. Uh, don't let out of control lunatic uh, crazies run the city and be able to get away with violent crime. You people could start winning elections. Yeah, because we're good. They're fighting for lower property taxes. They're fighting for lower gas tax. It's it's right here for you. It's like Happy Gilmore. Tap it in the hole, Happy. Just tap, a, tap, a tap, little tap, 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 All you got to do, don't let men play women's sports. Don't let little kindergartners be taught sex. Put the criminals in jail. Democrats. The win is there. Yeah. Why is this so hard for you? It's 17 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Twenty minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And this hour we're spending a lot of time talking about the crime that is in our city. Here's the Indy's assistant chief of police. He's expressing his frustration that law enforcement officers feel not only in this city, but across the nation. This coming after two Indianapolis police officers were shot. And despite all of the challenges they face, the criticism and the complete danger that they put themselves in every day, the police continue to stand the line. Fed up with it. The community should be fed up with it. And we have two officers that are lucky to be alive today and they're doing exactly what we want them to do, despite all the odds. 
despite everything that's stacked up against them, despite all the criticism they take every single day. They put on the uniform today and went out to get the people who are terrorizing our neighborhoods. We all owe them a debt of gratitude. He deserves some props on that because he said fed up. But you know that he was editing himself because he wanted to use most likely much stronger words. Right. And coming up next segment, we're going to have Rick Snyder, president of the Indy Fraternal Order of Police, will be with us. Um, obviously, they have been very vocal about what's going on in the city for a long time. And here, here's the thing, Casey, and we'll talk with Rick about this. If you live in a suburb of Indianapolis, so if you're Carmel, if you're Fortville, if you're Greenfield, if you're Greenwood, if you're Mooresville, if you're Brownsburg, if you're Avon, Plainfield, you need to be paying attention to all of this, too, because it is coming to you. It is there. It is, in many cases, already where you're at. I mean, we've got a guy last night in the, the midst of all the shootings and violence, a naked guy yeah. between Indianapolis and Carmel who's firing a randomly firing a weapon at people. Yeah. It, it's, it's totally out of control. And Indianapolis sets the tone. So make sure you stick around for that interview with Rick Snyder coming up regardless of where you live because it is coming to where you live. Yeah, and that just goes back to the conversation of how we're having a crisis of mental health. And then that turns into a crisis of accountability. Also trending this morning, don't know if you heard about this story, a cargo container with $15 million worth of gold and other valuables were stolen from the Toronto airport. Now, it was originally reported it was $15 million worth, but they've upped it now to $20 million. So wait, wait, it was, what, what, what was stolen? Gold and other valuable items. But they from, were but from where? At the Toronto airport. But what? Like, did somebody just take the gold out? Was there a car? Was there a what? It was a cargo container. It was in a holding facility, and it was a heist. Okay, time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Unless you're uh, in a Nicolas Cage movie or uh, the uh, Italian Job with Edward Norton. And somebody's drilling holes in the bottom of the floor. Uh, how does that even happen? You would think somebody would go, okay, we got, uh, what, was, what was the new total? 24 million? 20 million. 20 million. We got 20 million here. Let's protect it. Let's you know, guard this. We're going to put like three guys on yeah. this one. No, police are saying that they think it probably was a professional job. The container was described as a five by six square foot. And... Isn't it interesting when it comes to $20 million worth of gold being stolen, we call it a heist. Yeah. It's more romanticized. But if it's a group going into a Walmart sure. in Chicago, that's a different scenario. That's civil unrest. Yeah. Not quite as sexy, is it? Yeah. it's. Uh, I still do not understand how it is possible if you have 20 mil to allow it to be stolen. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I don't understand that you would think, okay, seven guys, eight guys, Fred, you sit on the tub, you know, whatever you got to do. And if that's your gold, <laughs> wouldn't you be sitting there with it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's 24 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Alec Baldwin's criminal charges for that rust shooting, the movie that they were shooting. And there was that fatal shooting, uh, his, They've dropped all the charges against him. Okay, so I would like to point this out, and you can correct me if I'm saying anything incorrect here. We live in a world where Alec Baldwin pointed a weapon, fired it, 
and killed someone. Yes. Okay, did I say anything incorrect there? He he is still maintaining that he never pulled the trigger. Alec Baldwin, that is, science has completely debunked everything that disingenuous a-hole said on his interview, okay? Mm-hmm. And multiple scientists or uh, armor, armor ar- what do they call them, ar- arms experts or whatever you want to say have said he's full of crap. The armory. Alec Baldwin raised a weapon, pointed it, fired, and killed someone. Yeah. Now, nobody thinks he intentionally meant to kill the person, but that happened, correct? Yeah. Okay, So we live in a world where he will not face criminal charges. However, Donald Trump, who paid a porn star to not talk about having sex with him. After she already signed a non-disclosure agreement. Correct. Is going to face charges. Yeah. Did I misstate either one of those things? Nope. Does that sound like justice to you? No, it does not at all. And it took 15 months for the prosecution to bring charges against him to then turn around and drop all the charges against him. And he is back on the movie set resuming his his acting duties. Let me try this. So what a colossal waste of time. Let me also, let me try this one, okay? And again, you can correct me if I say anything incorrect here, okay? Yeah. Ready, go. Uh, Alec Baldwin raised a weapon. He fired it. It killed someone. Correct. Correct. Somebody who walked into the Capitol on January 6th while, an, while a security guard was waving them in. And opening the door for correct. him. It, it has faced criminal charges. Yep. Does that sound like justice to you? No, it's bizarro world that we're living in. I, I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't. And uh, by the way, let's point out real quick: Ryan is in for Kevin today. Yeah. Because Kevin bailed out because it's his birthday, <laughs> and he's probably halfway to Tijuana by this point. <laughs> uh, but Ryan's doing a phenomenal job. He, so we, we, Ryan, you will find we are the nicest show to our producers. Uh, so you're very lucky <laughs> to be working with us, and uh, just be fortunate they didn't ask you to fill in for uh, Tony Katz. All right, when we come back. Yeah. Rick Snyder, the president of the NDFOP, he will talk about those two officers being shot yesterday, talk about the uh, uh, status of violence in the city of Indianapolis. We'll talk about the mayor of the city of Indianapolis, the prosecutor, Ryan Mears. It's all coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, and obviously Casey, who started the show today, talking about this terrible day in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, more violence. Two police officers uh, were wounded mm-hmm. in the li- in the line of duty. I mean, violence in the city is just out of control. Yeah. No, it's scary. And uh, we're pleased now to be joined on the DriveHubler.com hotline about the events of yesterday to talk a little bit about violence as a collective in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, Rick Snyder, president of the Indy FOP. Uh, Rick, how's it going? Well, we wish we could be doing better, but uh, we're making it through. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you uh, obviously you've been on this radio station many, many times over the years. You've talked about it at length. Unfortunately, it seems like it, it often goes on deaf ears. Violence is out of control in this city. And I was a little offended yesterday about Joe Hawksett's press conference because he is a major reason the violence is out of control. And for him to act like he's outraged or act like, you know, just a, that he's going to run on the guns and that's going to solve the issue. No, his policies have solved the issue. And I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, for four years now, we've been asking the question, where's the outrage? We've also been asking the question, where are our our leaders? I mean, for four years now, we've been pointing to these issues ever since 2019 of the rising crime trends that we've seen. And ever since we've raised this red flag, we have seen back-to-back years of 
all-time record levels of violence in the city of Indianapolis, which include over 200-plus homicides each of those four years. Guys, just in the last 24 hours, we had 12 people shot, two people stabbed, with four people killed. That included two police officers shot, but it also included a teen found dead near a bus stop and then a nude man randomly shooting at people up on 96th Street uh, between Indianapolis and Carmel. We've been saying that crime is surging and spreading, and unfortunately the facts prove that that is true. Why do you think this is happening, Rick? Well, it's because we have unchecked violence. There's no sense of accountability uh, in Indianapolis and, quite frankly, in every other major city in this country. But specific to Indianapolis, we have a uh, catch-and-release revolving door of criminal justice. And it's proven time and time again that when these really bad events occur, we have politicians in charge who run out in front of cameras, literally trip over themselves to get in front of the cameras and use the tragedy to drive a wedge to force a political issue, a political agenda, such as more gun control laws and those things. What we said in our statement yesterday is that, listen, don't fall for that nonsense, that often when our politicians in charge are quick to blame the instruments that are used, to leverage their own political agenda. Notice they'll always call it, quote, unquote, gun violence. We're quick to point out that it's human violence. These are issues of the human heart. And uh, our residents and officers are stuck in the middle of all of this, where you've got repeat violent offenders who are hell-bent on committing violence. Because I always say this. People say, well, why in Indianapolis? Well, evil always follows the path of least resistance. And there's very little resistance in Indianapolis. You've got law enforcement officers who are daily doing their job. They're locking up the bad people. They're they're tracking down and, and bringing into custody the violent offenders, just like yesterday. Yet we have a failed criminal justice system and, quite frankly, a prosecutor who is more apt to dismiss the gun charges than he is to prosecute them, and the violent offenders know that. Rick Snyder, president of IndyFOP, our guest. We're talking about the two police officers who were shot in Indianapolis. Now, you mentioned the spread, Rick, and I think that's important because obviously WIBC is heard in many, many counties outside of Marion County, which is where we're talking about. But when you're talking about the area with the the nude guy just firing weapons at people, that's close as close to Carmel as it, as it is Indianapolis. This violence is hitting the suburbs. If you're Brownsburg, Avon, Greenfield, Greenwood, Carmel, wherever, you need to wake up because it's happening where you're at too well and and again we've gone to many uh, neighborhood association meetings and different groups throughout indianapolis but also in the surrounding metro region and to a person we hear the same thing people are scared to death literally of what is occurring and they keep asking the question what can we do the thing that we keep saying is if you're in a surrounding county never allow this uh, practice of revolving door criminal justice to enter your community. If you have a prosecutor that is even thinking about trying these things, throw their asses out. Do not invite them in because it is like a cancer that spreads. And, you know, unfortunately, when we've gone to Greenwood and we've gone to Greenfield and we've gone to these surrounding communities, I remember going out to Hendricks County uh, two years ago and they said, surely it's not going to come here. Take a look at Brownsburg. Take a look at Danville. Take a look at Plainfield and through all those areas of what is is occurring. And again, the facts prove the truth. Guys, I want to share these other stats with you. It's interesting. We put in our statement yesterday statistics nationally that law enforcement officers are up against. And do you know that as of right now, I've only found one local media outlet that's published this statement in its totality. All the others cut out this information. Makes you wonder what, why. But on average, an officer is being shot in the line of duty in our nation every 25 hours. 
Wow. Also, on average, an officer is dying in the line of duty every 52 hours. Wow. And approximately 165 officers are assaulted every single day in our nation. And on average, an officer is exposed to a tragic, life-altering critical incident every other month wow. during their career. Rick, Rick real Those quick. Are the stats that our officers are up against. Rick, real quick, I know Casey wants to hop in, but, but first, before that— uh, Let's let's just speak the truth here. After the riots of 2020, Joe Hawks, and he said this long before that, but he said this basically, you know, publicly for the world to see in 2020, when after the riots, he basically sided with the bad guys over the cops. And what you told the bad guys is Indianapolis is open for business. And if you get caught, hey, there's a good chance I might be on your side instead of the cops. And you go way back to what was it, the Aaron Bailey uh, shooting be- before that, where he, where he basically then blamed the merit board at the merit board said the police uh, 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 operated in terms of the way they were supposed to be operating. This guy has a track record of siding with the criminals over the cops. Well, I think there's two things that are interesting to point out from the mayor's statement yesterday. Number one, he immediately said he was going to turn to the federal prosecutor for help, not the local prosecutor, which is very interesting. In addition to that, he said that Indianapolis had become what he called the mayor of Indianapolis called, quote, unquote, the marketplace of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not not exactly the headline you want for your, your business and tourism community. But in that, what we said is we welcome you to the table on your outrage with these two officers shot. But where the hell were you when Tommy Mangan was shot by a repeat violent offender who shouldn't have been out uh, on a parole violation when our prosecutor knew that he should be in custody and didn't say a word to the court? Where were you when two officers were stabbed, one in the neck and one in the, just above the heart, by a, an offender who was out on a low bond? And where were you in your strong words when 13 of our fellow neighbors were shot at the FedEx facility, eight of which lost their lives, and we found out that our prosecutor didn't uphold the law, that being the Jake Laird red flag law named after a fallen officer? The irony in all of this is pretty uh, visible, and I think residents are hip to it, and so are our officers. Rick, speaking of Hogsett's marketplace of death, what does this do to your recruitment and retention? Well, our recruitment and retention, I just came back from Washington, D.C., where I shared what was going on in Indianapolis with our federal partners. And what I said is we don't have a recruitment crisis. We have a retention crisis. Mm -hmm. You first have to retain the officers you have before you go and try to recruit anyone else. I gave this example. Who wants to join a sinking ship? Nobody's going to buy a ticket to get on that boat. Uh, But we've got to get a focus on keeping the ones that we have. But here are the facts. We have more officers leaving than we're able to bring in the door. IMPD is over 250 officers short right now. We can't get folks to apply for our police department. And as I said before, Ryan Mears has become the number one police recruiter for other agencies in the state of Indiana outside of Indianapolis. Our officers, if they're not leaving the profession... They're going to surrounding agencies where they get greater support, better equipment, and actually have communities that want them and say that they need them. So to all those surrounding communities, surrounding Indianapolis, I warned this three years ago, it's coming to a neighborhood near you. We need you to stand up, push back, and then support the officers who are standing in the line faithfully for our communities hey, Rick, every before, single day. Rick, before I let you go, Rick Snyder of NDFOP, our guest, uh, and I should have led with this because it is ultimately the most important thing here. How are the officers doing? They're doing They're doing okay. Listen, they are uh, both stable, uh, non-life-threatening injuries, but what we, knew, what we know is we were reminded of what officers put to risk every single day when they put that badge on mm-hmm. and step forward to faithfully stand the line. So our gratitude to them 
remember there's uh, uh, hundreds of other officers, 1,600 other officers out there uh, doing the same thing for IMPD. And, and I always like to point this out. When people are critical of the police and they paint with broad brushes, these two officers that were shot yesterday that we call heroes today, other people were pointing fingers and accusing them of things that they didn't even do as officers in general. We ought to slow down, think about when there's a bad officer, we weed them out. But very few officers set out to intentionally do harm. And uh, these two officers are emblematic of the heroes that we have walking amongst us every single day. Well, Rick, uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Please give them our best. And, uh, look, it's hard to be a police officer right now, but we appreciate you guys. I know I speak for the the rest of the staff here at WIBC and uh, many, 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 many of our listeners in saying thanks for all you guys do. And uh, please keep trying out there. We feel it and we appreciate it. God bless you guys. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 948. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We should call this segment People on Talk Shows. (laughs) All the people who've been on all of the talk shows. And let's start off with William Shatner. Of course, you know him and love him from Star Trek. Captain James T. Kirk. But uh, he's going to be hosting a new space-themed celebrity competition. It's called Stars on Mars. And he's like 900 years old. He's actually 90 years old. I he, was So I wasn't far off. No, he just added I was one, a tenth of the way there. One more zero, right. and I would have been right. And you were there. So this is an unscripted series. It's going to premiere on Fox on June 5th. And he calls it amusing. Stars on Mars will feature household names and they're going to trade in their possessions their status and their glamorous lifestyle on earth for a summer on quote mars i have a list of people i'd like to send to the actual mars (laughs) are they willing to are they are they household names oh oh, they're names you'd know we talk about them every day on this radio show (laughs) jl initials (laughs) uh okay so the issue with Shatner was that he had people concerned Mm -hmm. several weeks ago, maybe a month ago, he had said, I'm going to die soon or something Mm -hmm. to that effect. And people were very worried that maybe he had, you know, some terminal illness or some uh, very bad diagnosis. And he went on, I guess this was with Cavuto yesterday on Fox news. And he said, no, I'm just old. (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't want to break this to you quickly like this, Dog but you're going to die, Neil. Yeah, indeed. Your days are numbered. The only thing is you don't know the number. And I don't know the number, but <laughs> I'm, I'm older than you are. And well, my I numbers some, are I had some viewers who are giving me some days as options, but are, 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 you, are you okay, though? I guess in all seriousness, that's what I was asked because a lot not of people say, I, Not only ahead. am I okay, I'm I'm in a fervor of creativity. I'm doing things that I don't even want to begin to tell you on your wonderful show because it would look like I'm pushing things other than push away, uh, push away. Stars on Mars. You. <laughs> I just love the dog barking in the background. I know. Here he is on Fox it's an interview with Neil Cavuto yeah. and the dog. Just going to town in the background. It's probably a pretty common thing now that these celebrities, whatever, do interviews from their home. But there's usually, they usually have like a a room, a soundproof room or whatever they do these from. 
Shatner got no cares. He's in his living room. Right. There's a dog in the background. You know why? Because he says, I'm Captain Kirk, dude. Yeah. And I'm 90 years old, and I do what I want to do. I was on the Blue Origin space rocket. And, you know, he he cried after he came back down to Earth. Yes. And a lot of people were concerned, and he said he was he was grieving for Earth. And, and then, he, I'm going to die. Yes, we're all dying, just at different rates. Right. You, you really do have to be careful, though. It does, well, it shows when you're things. 90. Well, it does show the power of your words, right? If you are a celebrity or influencer, a revered person like... William Shatner, that has you know millions of fans. He goes to these autograph shows. There's lines out the door to meet him. You do have to be a little careful with your words because they're you mean a lot to a lot of people, and they were very concerned about your health. So maybe just I'm getting older. I'm sure the end is closer than it was further away. You know something like that. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in the fall of my right, life. Exactly. Yeah. And and what a difference though. Between what he, we just heard him talking. He obviously, he didn't care about the dog in the background, but he's 90 years old, uh, similar age to our president. He's much older than our president. Right. And cognitively, didn't Shatner just sound like he, he had it together still? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know why? Because he does still have it together and oh. our president does not still have it together. Hey, speaking of people who don't have it together, Casey, did you know, and I never knew this until yesterday, I was 39 years old. When I finally learned that unless you are black, you don't get to have an opinion on the Civil War. Are you talking about Vivek Ramaswamy? He sat down with the people from CNN. Who is a, I guess by the standard we use, Vivek Ramaswamy is a minority, right? right. He's not a white American. He would be a minority. And I didn't know, Casey, and I mean, I again, I, and I'm, look, I'm but a product of the public education system. Mm -hmm. It was before the public education system was woke, so I didn't get near the education that the kids at Brownsburg get today. Um, there was no DEI officer when I was there, so I realize I'm just, just totally out of the loop. But as a product of the public education system and a person with a college degree, in none of my classes, and I had many very liberal professors and teachers over the years, not one of them ever said, Rob, you don't get an opinion on the Civil War because you're white. Mm -hmm. But Don Lemon told Vivek Ramaswamy, who by the standard we set forth is a minority, he was very angry yesterday and said, you do not get an opinion on the Civil War or the condition of black people because you are not black. Before I move on I, to China. I don't see what one has to do with the other, but go on. I took up a lot of time with Fox. Oh, no, it's fine. One. We have time. I, I, don't, I don't really see what one has to do with the other, especially considering and using the Civil War to talk about black Americans. That war was not fought for black people to have guns. That's, that's, that's not... That war was fought for black people to have freedoms in this country. Yeah. Actually, that's why the Civil War was fought. Okay. And the sad that part about it... that wasn't fought for, for black people to have guns, I think. Actually, you don't know, funny fact is, black people did not get to enjoy the other freedoms until their Second Amendment rights were secured. And I think that that's but, one of the lessons that we still learned. aren't allowed to enjoy the freedoms. I disagree with you country. on that, Don. I okay. disagree with you. I, I think you're doing a disservice well, to our country. Okay. By failing to recognize when the you, fact that we have equality before the law. When and you live in this country, then you can disagree with me. But we're not. You mentioned in here that I we disagree. have three I, different shades Don, of I think we have to be able to talk about these issues in the open, regardless of the color of our skin. Black Americans today, to say that, compare that to 1865 and 1964, I think you need to compare absolutely I think it's insulting. Don Lemon is such a word that rhymes with tick. <laughs> I know which word you're talking about. I mean, what to say, okay, so, you know, Don Lemon's seen and they hate guns, right? But the Civil War was about, amongst other things, 
the right of people to have freedoms guaranteed to all Americans. One of which, Casey, in fact, number two, it was so important. It's th- number two, it's number second two. on the list. That isn't an accident. That is one of the freedoms you're allowed to enjoy. That is a definitive, very easy to verify statement that of the freedoms American citizens enjoy, the right to bear arms is one of them. And he is outraged that a guy who is not black, he is a minority. Might have an opinion on it. <laughs> might have a, not even a, it's just a statement, Casey. Yeah. A lot of people were praising Vivek for his handling of things. He was poised. He stayed on point. And then after they had that discussion, what's her name? The the female Poppy, is that her name? She was trying to change gears and go to another topic. And I think a lot of people would have been really angry and would not have been able to maintain composure to switch the conversation. But Vivek did. Well, and, and, I, and, and I, he stayed pleasant with her. Well, and we know he's your boyfriend and you really like him. The size of his wallet is very impressive to you. And yeah, so you're going to. But this is not a case of you defending him no matter what. I think you're absolutely right that we have now reached a very scary point in society in which, unless you're black, you don't get an opinion on the Civil War. Well, again, what about my great great grandfather who fought for the Union in the Civil War? I don't get an opinion on that. What? I guess not. I mean, this is just Don, look. And Don Lemon has zero ratings and zero listener viewers, and he's probably on his way out the door. And he's been a colossal failure his entire time at CNN, and an embarrassment. And, and his a coworkers goof. say he's wholly misogynistic. But the idea to say out loud to be so self-absorbed, you don't get an opinion on the Civil War unless you're black. That's a bold statement, Casey. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Get out of the middle and master the time now.